This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Three. Ah, ah, ah. Two. Ah, ah, ah. One. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hello, and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. What's up, Jay? Hi. Hi, Jay. So I'm joined by Kyle and David today, and I'm... uh, I'm going to run this podcast for a little while, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't even like like talk about promos or anything without without screwing up. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I'm taking over this week. We, uh, <laughs> we kicked Mike off and uh, and, you know, making sure Kyle's limited to a script and we'll be good. <laughs> I have I have a I have a set of responses uh, that I'm going to read from a teleprompter here. Yeah, very robotic responses. Yeah. yeah, no, Mike Mike couldn't make it this week. He yeah. will be back next week. Um, but we got you, Jay. Yeah, I figured I'd fill in, you know, give you guys somebody to, to tell that they're wrong about things. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, but I guess we'll start with housekeeping first. So as usual, you know, the Fifth Trooper Network as you guys, I'm sure, have seen between this podcast, uh, my podcast, the the blog that David and Kyle and myself and Evan this past weekend have been contributing to, as well as Mike did his, is doing his road uh, road to worlds, right? His his road to worlds blog. Nice. So we're all providing content. We got tons of video content that we're planning as well, and all of that is because of listeners like you for supporting us on our Patreon page and. It's going great. Uh, we just, if you haven't seen, go take a look. We are doing these new T-shirts at the uh, the mid or the high level. For, so at the end of the quarter, you'll get a Dubacle T-shirt. I know a lot of people, I saw the other day, people that's kind of caught on, the Dubacle. So uh, I'm hoping that it keeps going and you'll get a T-shirt out of it if you're one of our subscribers. So it'll be cool. Uh, you know, and then also check us out on YouTube. Like I said, we're going to be doing a lot more content, uh, video content on YouTube. We reached both of our levels on Patreon, which means the first one is monthly. We'll be doing a unit analysis video uh, starting in September. And then also we'll be doing monthly uh, a battle report, which we, we have planned as well. And, and our, our own uh, Kyle is going to be in that first one. Yep. So... So that's pretty exciting. That was one of Kyle's uh, robotic responses. Only one of five that we've approved ahead of time. So I'm actually not even here. I'm just a soundboard. <laughs> yes. Clicking buttons. <laughs> yeah, we actually we actually tied Kyle up and <laughs> gagged him, so he's no longer allowed to do this. <laughs> threw him in the, we threw him in the imperial brig. Um, that's right. Um, and then the last bit of exciting. So as you're hearing this, today is the last day for you to enter for that Clone Wars box set. Uh, we're giving it away. And so uh, today, this evening around 11 o'clock is when the contest ends. And we will draw the winner and announce them Wednesday on our Facebook page, on the Fifth Trooper uh, Facebook page. And I will literally mail it out that day. So there's a chance if you win and you're within 
the United States. I've, I've made an offer that I will ship it outside of the United States as well. Uh, but if you're within the United States, there's a solid chance you could get it within three days. So I will ship it priority mail to you, to your home, and happy times. For those of you outside the United States, customs and stuff, so I don't know, a week. So, but you can yeah. go to uh, thefifthtrooper.com slash giveaway. And basically, we're just asking you to like and subscribe to all of our stuff so that we have followers and we feel loved. And, I, made, I made sure to tell my friend uh, Hercules Rockefeller about this, <laughs> about this promo. I, I think I saw that he signed up, yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome i hope he wins she was it's weird does he live in the same area as you um you know what actually um he lives in my basement you know <laughs> at the moment <laughs> um that's really nice of you to put your friend up like that yeah you know it's, it's the name for that part of your soul your tabletop gaming soul <laughs> uh so let's see what else we got here okay so at nova the narrative events, do they still need Rebels, Kyle? Is that still something they that do, they yeah. need? They okay. do, They still need Rebels. So, they were short like like seven Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Uh, yeah. So they may, yeah. well, with the Tauntauns now, maybe, right? Maybe people start going. Maybe. There's, there's, yeah, there's just not a lot of, actually, and we can talk about this in our news segment as far as Nova predictions are concerned, but there's actually just not a lot of Rebel players like in Nova. Right. Um, it's probably uh, about 60-40 Empire, if not like 65-35. Okay, so. if you're going to Nova, I'd like to issue a challenge to you. Okay, I want you to go to Nova, join this event as Rebels. I want you to, to get as many Tauntauns as we can onto that table. And I want to see what the, <laughs> I want to see what the net effect is. I want to see what what a horde of 30 Tauntauns looks like in this narrative event. That would just make, make my day if that happened. So uh, if you're a Rebel player in the Virginia area, just join that event. Just do it, man. Just do it for the for the cause for the rebellion. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I uh, I unfortunately cannot do the narrative event. Otherwise, I would be signed up as a rebel. Come on, mm-hmm. Kyle. I got I got like to come home to my kids and stuff, man. Ugh. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, speaking of Nova, so lists are due on Thursday of Nova. Yep. So so next Thursday, a week and a half. Uh, and that is for Friday players as well, right, Kyle? So everybody's everybody's is due on Thursday. Yeah, this is basically per, to prevent like people that are playing on Friday from scoping out the winning list on Thursday and making changes. You naughty, naughty people, stop it! Um, not, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm sure that most people probably wouldn't do that, but it's better to be, I think, preventative. Um, you know, I'm sure that's what the TOs are looking for. So, oh yeah, um, better safe than sorry. <laughs> Right, uh, and there's no downside to asking for them early. So it's um, you can either email them. Um, James, uh, one of the TOs, posted a link uh, in the Discord. I'm sure it'll make its way to Facebook too. Um, and uh, or you can just at least if you're playing on Thursday, or if you're just going to be at the convention on Thursday, but you're playing on Friday, you can show up with your, a hard copy of your list. You just have to have it in before um, before 10 a.m. on Thursday, the Thursday before Nova. So. Well, and that's all we have for this episode. I spent all the budget on that uh, robot response for Kyle, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta move on now. <laughs> for notorious scoundrels, I'm David. <laughs> Beep boop, Kyle. <laughs> this this text the speech app you got is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the most realistic I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's move it on into news. 
Welcome to In the News. Welcome to Legion News. So basically, we're just going to keep coming over from housekeeping and continue talking about Nova. So Kyle, I think you're kind of our resident expert here on Nova. What do you got for us, buddy? Well, I do live in Northern Virginia. Um, I'm not sure if that makes me a resident expert on Nova. It makes you both a resident and an expert, yes. Um, yeah, so, um, there are some people traveling for Nova. Um, it's at a, it's at a great venue here in uh, Crystal City, which is right near the Pentagon. Um, it is not in DC. It's outside of DC. It's by the airport basically. Um, so super easy to travel to. I know there are some people traveling, but definitely like a very significant portion of people that play at Nova are East coasters or even, you know, we, we have a fairly large community here. We had um, 20 people at our stores RPQ a few weeks ago. So um, I would expect to see, you know, a lot of our people from our local scene, which is a pretty competitive scene, but it also is, um, as we sort of alluded to earlier, very empire heavy. Um, I think in our last, uh, not at the RPQ, but the, the tourney before that, we had like 12 people and me and Gordon Chase were the only rebels. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh so it, uh, you know, I'm not anticipating just two rebels, but um, it's definitely going to be empire heavy. So that's my prediction, anyway. So bring um, your snipers because Pierce is pretty good against empire, right here. <laughs> well, and bring your tauntauns, which are really good against empire gun lines. That's also true. Well, in that um, vein, so, so what do you guys think? What are your predictions for lists that you think will be there? Where where everything's at now? Chronic Bosk. Yeah, I think that's going to be a popular Empire model. Um, it's actually pretty good against So Tauntons. fill that out for, for people who maybe don't know. What 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 else is in that list besides Krennic and Bosk? Krennic, Bosk, Death Troopers, couple snipers. Actually, three snipers you can put in that list. You can also put um, medics in it as well. And like four DLTs, I think. Krennic with yeah, like so improv. The- yeah, so I've I've run this, um, and in fact, just a little preview. I ran this for our bat rep that we're gonna be posting at some point. Um, and uh, it's it's I think it's probably my favorite empire list right now. Um, it um, you're right there, David. Yeah, sorry. You have to cut that out. <laughs> you have to beep boop that. You have to. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so it is um, at least the version I run is Chronic Bosk. Um, three snipers, four DLT storms. Two of those DLT storms have medics, so it's ten activations with that's troopers, boss, Krennic, two medics, four DLTs, three snipers. Um, it's a pretty nasty list. It can dish out some real range for firepower, but it also has um some tools to deal with aggressive threats, specifically the death troopers, boss, and Krennic's command cards. Um, voracious ambition and deploy the garrison are both excellent against both Tauntauns and Luke Sabine. Um, you know, and you can also win a shootout with a gun line. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty versatile list. Uh, you're not going to have as many like anti-armor tools as um, like a Veer's Bosk list would, but you have enough certainly to deal with it. You know, you got, you got four DLTs, the Death Troopers and Bosk. So. Right. So like, um, I mean, five DLTs, if you include the Death Trooper DLT, right? And of course, Bosk. Well, right. And, yeah. Right. You know, Bosk slang and weight is, you know, 
probably going to take a pretty good chunk out of any sort of armor they bring to start you off. What do you do? You anticipate any armor, or if you do, what what types do you anticipate? Um, Double tank has been making a splash recently. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, also, rotaries. I know, David, there were quite a, uh, um, a handful of rotaries at Gen Con that did pretty well, right? Yeah, a lot of folks were rocking Sabine Leia to rotary, which, you know, it's it's an all-rounder list. I just think that Wonder Twins is, does it a little better. <laughs> but I see the reason that they're taking armor is that when they if they go up against um, the pure trooper spam style of Wonder Twins, um, two ATRTs can really mess their day up. Yep. Um, in fact, Ethan, the guy that I played in the cut, uh, beat a Leia Sabine like eleven activation six z six style list because the ATRTs were so dominant, and mm. Leia Sabine has almost nothing that handles armor. Yeah, you don't even have Luke to get in there and dice one up. No, nope, you took Sabine instead because you're trying to get I don't know a second medic or something. Yep. You know, so you've you've totally sacrificed any ability to handle armor. Um, but I think I think so. Bring, sorry, I was going to make one more point. Yep. Rotaries are actually half decent against armor because they have crit surge, so they're they have a strong chance of actually getting something on the on the you know forcing that armor to make saves. Is what I mean to say. So, do you think then with that kind of that conversation? And I think we kind of fell out of this for a little bit, but bringing more well-rounded lists again kind of seems like the answer, right? Now that the, now that more stuff is coming back, like the rotaries, the tanks, you know, the tauntauns coming up. I think having more well-rounded lists, and and you know, you guys were talking last week about the linebackers for tauntauns. You know, it's it sounds to me like a well-rounded list is back in fashion. Yeah, it's you know largely speaking, yes. I would say Tauntaun specifically, um, you know, trample gun lines, which the efficiency gun line, like if if year one of Legion has been anything, um, you know, at least going back to LVO, basically since snipers were out, it's kind of been the year of the efficiency gun line. You know, ten, eleven activations, two characters, a bunch of core, and three snipers or two snipers with like a special forces something else mixed in there. Um. But you know those those lists get wrecked by tauntauns. Yeah. So, so tauntauns are tauntauns are, are closing that era out officially. Yeah. Now now if you're running a list like that and you run up against something that's not tauntauns, you're going to be in pretty good shape. But um, you know tauntauns are kind of the scissor to the paper of gunline. Yep. Which which I think is a good thing. You know. So so speaking of tauntauns um, uh, and going back to predictions, is that you think that's going to be the heavy favorite for the rebel list going into Nova is Tauntaun list. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting because we always talk about how you need, you need reps with any list that you're going to run and Tauntauns have only been out for, um, you know, they will have been out for a month ish. So that's enough for some people. If people can play multiple times a week, um, I definitely think people are going to be trying them. But as far as like seriously successful Tauntaun players, um, I don't know. We'll see. I know, uh, I know, Mr. Lupo's going on Friday, and um, uh, you know he's 
very good at getting reps in, so I wouldn't be surprised if he tries the new hotness. I heard he might be mixing um, song, he might be mixing them into his uh, usual fare. We might see a, the, a, sad, <laughs> the sad fare. Yeah, Tauntaun Saboturilus, which I'm just oh. like, I, I, what a mess. <laughs> that sounds that yep. sounds terrifying. Same, yeah, right. it sounds utterly terrifying. After you're done dealing with the Tauntauns, it's like, oh, he spent all that time trying to kill my Tauntauns. Now I have three sabs in your girl. Yeah, or I have like <laughs> six bombs on your side of intercept. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Like that. I can't even, and yeah. especially in yeah. his hands, I can't even imagine. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> something ridiculous like that. But no, triple Tauntauns is good. There's no question. I mean, uh, dub- double Tauntauns is good too. Uh, do you think Sabine is still good? Oh yeah, Sabine's still good. less less um, good. Tauntaun specifically make her less good for a couple. Of reasons. I think she's still good though, um, and I, I know of, yeah. I have several like experienced Luke Sabine players that will be there. So I don't know if they're going to be shifting at all, but um, I would definitely expect. To I mean, we ended up talking player. about Tauntauns again, so I guess I'll go down this little tangent for just a second here. So the tr- the trouble that I have with Tauntauns, the primary thing is that Leia has that no time for sorrows move. And so if you end Sabine close to any Tauntaun, even with the Darksaber, she's going to have a pretty tough time breaking out. Um, the Darksaber is only five dice. And Tauntauns on No Time for Sorrow's turn can get through dodges. That's most of your attack pool eclipsed by dodges. So if you tie up Sabine in melee, not only is she not going to hit a target that's softer, she's also just probably not even going to do a whole lot of damage to those Tauntauns on top of it. And plus, they're going to be in melee with her. Now, you can force her to disengage. That's all well and good. But a disengaged Sabine is a vulnerable Sabine. So, And you're, and you're wasting a turn with Exactly, Sabine, which, is, which is really damaging. Unacceptable. Yeah, it's unacceptable. Your opponent successfully charged your Sabine, and your response is to withdraw, <laughs> which is like a huge loss in tempo, right? It's It's... it's unacceptable like you said it really is yep so anyway that's a little tangent talking about why sabine is having a hard time linebacking against tauntauns well and i think i think you pointed out two separate things there that are good for the listeners you know anybody who's specifically newer and is just picking up and listening to you guys to two tactics right there right one is tie up sabine and melee if you can if you can afford it from a from a i, I got by the way i got yelled at for calling it melee a lot of people call it melee. I like melee. It just makes me feel better. Uh, so anyway, so you tie her up. That's how you stop her from doing stuff. And like David said, basically make her ineffective. If you can if you can handle the hits that she's going to put out, you know, especially if she doesn't have Darksaber. And then, you know, your other thing that you just pointed out with Tauntauns about, man, getting three dodge tokens, that's a huge move. So you want to make sure you save that that Leia Tauntaun combo for when it's important and you want to tie something up or, or you want to get into something and destroy it or, or how, you know, whatever, whatever it may call for, but yeah, that's a really good move. Yeah. It's, it's just a crazy combination, especially with uplinks and, and tenacity. Um, and if you have like a veteran with a fire support, you know, piece, you can shift like six units up at once because you have three uplink tauntauns, you got two targets with no time, and you have to coordinate from the veterans to the emplacement. So that's just <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just amazing how much There's free your, stuff you get. 
doing that. There's your rebel entire legion, right? Yeah. Yeah. You pay a 30 point tax for it, but Hey, Leia's 90 points. (laughs) Well, at least 30 points. I would consider the veterans themselves a tax. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of, that's fair. Um, but yes, you can definitely pull that. I mean, if you really want to go like hyper efficient, you can just cleanse the veterans out of that list and just add a couple Z's and it'd be golden. Right. You know. Like if you're if you're quote unquote content to run only two Tauntauns, you can do Leia, six Z sixes, three snipers, and two Tauntauns. Yeah. And that all I think I think you need to I think you need to run three. I don't think two is enough. I think three is better. Three I think bust. three are bust at this point. I think you have you have saturation at that point. Isn't that interesting? Because that's how speeder bikes were for the Empire. Remember I, with the Veers? I had that same thought earlier today. I was like, oh my god heroes with two tauntauns are exactly like vader double bike at the beginning of the game they're just not quite enough of either column to be good you know yeah that's that's interesting so what do you guys with all that conversation about what we think the lists are going to be what do you what do you guys see as favored to win um well i don't know about favored to win i will say at least as far as what we'll see on saturday um I bet we see a mix. I bet we see some Tauntauns. I bet we see at least one Luke Sabine. Um, I bet we see some Krennic Bosk. Uh, maybe we'll see some Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, I'd wager we'll see some, you know, wild card or two in there. I have also. a strong feeling it's either it's well, Shores aren't legal, right? Because they're not out yet. Nope. Shores so then I have a strong legal, feeling yeah. it's either triple Tauntauns or it's Palpatine. One of those two. Do you guys, uh, what do you think, what would be kind of an obscure list that we could potentially see? Could could we see a Vader? Could we see a double tank list on Saturday? Chronic Sabs. Well, yeah. It's not really obscure, but it's it's off. It's off meta. It's what I thought at Gen Con. It was definitely off meta, and it's definitely strong as hell. Yeah, the amount of suppression that that list doles out is yeah. ridiculous. They, they bomb you a bunch, and then they hit you with annihilation looms for two more. And you're just—I yeah. had, I had a rebel unit with like nine suppression on it at one point. It was oh, horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's just from saboteur bombs. It wasn't even from AL. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike runs Vader, our co-host Mike. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Vader boss, yeah, can't yeah. forget that. Yeah, he had some success at the RPQ, right? <laughs> if by some success you it's mean too, he won it, then yes. It's it's too bad dobacks aren't legal because I would then say Vader dobacks. Yeah, uh, that would be funny. Yeah, yeah Vader dobacks with new ways to motivate them. They're like super snows. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then they get tenacity, and then when you hit them with that new ways to motivate them, they take the wound that triggers tenacity. So then you're up in their face with like four red and three white with hit search. It's pretty good. <laughs> If you didn't make it, you flame them because you have a flame rifle. Yeah, what's what's the so to quick tangent to dobacks? What's sure. the like threat range on a dobac with new ways to motivate them flamethrower? It's like it's know. like range four, I think, isn't it? It's ridiculous, yeah, because yeah. it's because it's an ATRT base, right? Yes. Yeah, so that's it what two, two and a half inches. <laughs> it yeah. is now. It's yeah, supposed to be. <laughs> it is now. It's supposed in to be this, an ATRT size base. You're right. It's supposed to be. 
God, when it was an ATST. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's math this out real quick. Movement tool, speed two movement tools, five inches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so seven, 10 inches seven, for the movement. Uh, well, if you're double moving. Yeah, if yeah, you're double yeah. moving from new ways, it's 15. And then the, the width of the base three times is seven and a half. So it's 22 and a half plus six inches for range one, 28 and a half. So that's that's further than it's range, range four. It's range four. <laughs> yeah. That's, you that's, just launched the two back across the map. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> and flame them. Yeah. Good luck with that, Rubble. Wow. I'm saddened and run that for Team League. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty good. Uh, oh, hey, your two backs are way back there. I'm fine. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put my unit out here, and the next thing you know, they're just, oh hi. Oh, you have no these idea. Crazy, these crazy lizards <laughs> just running across the whole board to get you. Oh man, that's gonna yeah, be great. Twenty-eight and a half inches. Seems legit. So I, don't they have some ridiculous amount of health, like eight? Yeah. No, they only. They only <sighs> six. Oh, they have six. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. Should have had eight. I mean, they have armor oh, one and red saves. That is still need health. <laughs> so I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, right? But the terrain at Nova is going to be different than it was last year, and ideally better. It, yeah, it's going to be better. They basically Nova put out a statement essentially saying that um, it's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> what do so. we? Do yeah, it's predictions uh, on what we think is going to be there. Well, I mean, in the document, um, they say that it's they're looking at more line of sight blockers to counter things like unlimited range weapons, aka mm -hmm. snipers. Um, now, you know, more line of sight blockers than last year would be <laughs> not a, not a super high bar. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, like it's hard to say what this means in practice. It sounds like um, they've definitely been paying attention to, you know, the more recent events that have had uh, kind of what we're starting to get more used to as far as terrain quantity and quality is concerned, and they're thinking hard about it. So, um, you know, like if I were to say more like Nova last year or more like LVO or Adepticon, I would say it's going to be more like LVO or Adepticon. Which is a good thing. Which is yeah. a good thing, yes. A very good thing. Yeah, as far as quantity and quality of terrain is concerned. So, so here's a little side yeah. tangent for you on terrain. Do you see us taking the next step with terrain where it's going to become even a little bit more dense uh, as far as like requirements and stuff? Because I, I still feel like if you base it off of the requirements in, in the RRG, we're still, I don't think there's enough. I don't think 25% is enough. I agree. I mean, you look at worlds, world was, was 35%, right? Um, and I think that was fine. Now, it was like nobody played a tank at worlds, but if you did, it might have been a little difficult to get around the table. Um, but as far as like games with lots of troopers in them, it was super interesting. It was balanced. You know, an Empire player won, obviously. Um, so it's not like more terrain just inherently favors rebels. Um more terrain just makes for interest, more interesting games. Otherwise, I mean, you're just playing checkers on yeah, the table. Basically. Exactly. It seems terrible. Um, I was going to add that you know you can you can hit the 35 to 40 percent threshold, but not actually preclude tank movement. It's possible. You just have to ensure that there is some percentage of your terrain that's like low lying barricades or low lying cover, which doesn't impede the progress of a tank. 
and that's not yeah. impossible to hit that threshold while doing that. Yeah, and actually, um, scatter turn is something I want to talk about because one thing I have noticed, even with the advances the community has made with terrain, is that there are often you still get maps that are kind of light on scatter terrain. You know, things like barricades and boxes um, and hedges, like things that you can put trooper units behind and they can shoot over, but that doesn't block line of sight. Um, I feel like I feel like tables have been great about adding more line of sight blockers, but there's sort of Sometimes you get this effect where you're either like completely out of sight or you're in the open. I'll um, say I had one of those tables at Gen Con. It was sort of it was a, a remix of the world's desert tables. Uh-huh. There were a lot of those pieces that were just you were either fully in or fully out, um, and not a whole lot of barricades in between. It was still a perfectly fine table to play on, but it was a little bit annoying, especially as a rebel. Right, because you know, like you, you, trooper units need like a thing in the lanes where they can move up to that thing and stand behind it and shoot. Yeah, I used to uh, call that usable space. Right, because it was so dangerous to actually, and it's it's actually more dangerous nowadays uh, because you have things that are you know, you know, I don't know, throwing a giant like you know haymaker at you, six hits, you know, different DTs or from a tank, you know, you got to protect yourself. And if you don't have stuff to protect yourself, that part of the board is essentially closed. Yeah, right. and I would say, you know, we saw this kind of at Neo as well. And and Kyle, you were you were there helping us out with it. As I, I found myself doing the same thing as I was building tables or like some of the other tables that I had that other people built. They were these great buildings or line of sight blocking or we did all this great stuff. But then you're right, we just left out scatter. And so I think the recommendation for everyone would be like, hey, those barricades are really actually good. You know, you might as well just paint them up, make them the style of your table and just toss them on the table because you're going to need them. They come with the game anyways. So you might as well just go ahead and use those. Right. I think every table needs at least like six to eight barricades plus um you know four to six things that are like barricades yeah if that makes sense like like Mm -hmm. boxes so boxes are great because you can call them light cover you know barricades are always heavy cover so if you just have like 12 barricades on your table that's not going to be very interesting no it won't be Um, but if you've got some boxes you know that's a piece of like linear scatter terrain uh that you can call light cover if they're not like super heavy duty looking boxes so Oil um, drums, like, uh, cylindrical oil pieces drum. of terrain too. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't see like Star Wars is not, you know, World War II style terrain. So you don't see things like hedges or sandbags or anything like that. That's sort of like naturally you could call light terrain. We should uh, start seeing more hedges with Nebu tables. That's true. Because that's yeah, we could actually like legit, <laughs> like gardens like and more palaces. Yeah, bushes and stuff like that. You know, that stuff is easy to call light cover. Um. Yeah, I was also thinking, uh, you know, those sometimes uh, like if the police are trying to block off a road for like a, an ev- event, they have those wooden kind of barricades that they put up, which is just like basically a couple two by fours uh, to some legs. Yeah. Uh, you know, those those could work in the Star Wars universe, too, where it's, hey, we're just trying to block off this area and we just needed something simple to put up there. And then you could call that light terrain. 
Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, maybe the Star Wars equivalent, I've seen some of these floating around are like those hollow barricades. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not H-O-L-O-O-W, H-O-L-O barricades, um, where they have like this clear acrylic piece and then it's in and, you know, it sits on some kind of thing that props it up. Those are really cool. And you could very easily call those light. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a little dip into Legion 101, shall we? It's time for Legion 101, classes in session. All right, so welcome to our Legion 101 uh, segment. I think you guys thought it would be a good idea. David had this great article uh, last week on suppression. Uh, I loved it. And so I think it's kind of cool for you to also on the podcast maybe expand on that a little bit and, and talk to suppression. Well... Um, hello, suppression. <laughs> uh, you greet suppression when it walks through the door. You say, you say <laughs> the suppression gets put on you. You say, how many tokens? Um, no, for real though, uh, suppression is extremely important. I mean, uh, actions are, I'm going to laugh when I say this, knowing that tauntauns exist. Um, actions are relatively precious in the game of Legion. Every unit in the game, generally speaking, is going to get 12 actions. Um, except for Tauntauns. Who are generally speaking going to get like 30. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess my point is, is that suppression is going to rob you of those limited actions. And actions are a resource like any other resource in a game. And you need to guard your resources and you need to plunder your opponent's resources. So, you know, it's a good idea to deal suppression to your opponent's units by shooting them, not necessarily just for casualties, but to rob them of actions. It's a really good idea to kill off unactivated units um, because not only do you do damage to the unit before it activates, so it might have less guns to shoot you back with. Uh, may also not be even be able to shoot you because it's losing an action. And I think I mentioned in this article that um, you should always look for opportunities to prevent your opponent from moving and shooting. Um, if you see that your opponent would have to move to shoot you, you can see that they are going to need two actions to attack. And if you strip them of one of those actions, they won't attack you. And um, no matter what quality dice, the best defense dice are the ones you don't roll because they um it's never a question about whether you're going to take wounds or not so uh i guess core point one always be looking to shoot your opponent's unactivated units because it's really effective um core point two you're going to need to guard your resources like i mentioned you're going to need to have some ability to handle suppression in your list um most of the time that's going to be through inspire so if you take Leia or Veers or any of the officer specialist upgrades, you're going to add some Inspire to your list. Um, that's really good for getting rid of suppression on other units. You can also think about investing in more courageous units that don't lose actions to a single suppression token. Officers increase the courage value of a squad. You can also consider taking death troopers, guards, um, commandos, uh, pathfinders, Wookiees, things that are less vulnerable to um, being suppressed. You should also think about investing in a commander that has a high courage value. Um, Luke 
is the quintessential Courage 3 commander for the Rebellion. Jyn Erso is a less common commander, but she has the same um, ability to give that Courage 3 bubble so things don't panic. Empire, of course, has access to Vader. Vader is, like, number one at causing units not to panic because he's got that dash Courage value. Um, I think I mentioned also in the article that if a unit uh, sees Vader nearby and even has a thought about fleeing, he's probably going to get killed by Vader before he makes it halfway off the battlefield. I think Vader would just force choke him to death on the spot because Vader's got no time for um, no time for that kind of failure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that's that was a lot of info just there. But um, you need to steal your opponent's resources. That is, take away their actions. Guard your own resources, you know, protect your own actions and take those upgrades and take those units that allow you to do that. Yeah. And David, you know, part of your article, and I, I really like this because this is something that always runs through my mind when I'm playing as well as valuable targets as far as who's activated and who hasn't and making sure that you know, it may not seem like a lot, like you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't wound them. But you suppress, you know, you're adding suppression to them, which is, you know, taking that resource uh, that you said. And I, I think that's always something you always want to be aware of when you're playing is going, OK, what is what is the order here that stuff has gone? What hasn't activated? Where where can I kind of mess with my opponent's army here through suppression? Right. It's being sort of. um it's being a little bit more aware of the overall state of the board and like having, having good vision of the board. Um, and also just being willing to ask your opponent, Hey, what hasn't activated over there? Cause I, I can't tell that your, you know, your tokens are a mess over there. I don't know exactly what's happening. So can you help me out? <laughs> That's always good to ask, ask your opponent that information. Um, uh, to the point though, um, you're basically trying to figure out where to, where your shots are going to land that's going to be the most effective, and there's a couple ways to do that. One is by, of course, doing the math about defense, dice, and cover, which you know Kyle has done a lot of that already. Um, and then the other math equation is counting, you know, what that unit is going to end up doing when it activates. Um, if you're if you're going to suppress it, you'll take away an action. If you're going to panic it, you'll take away all of its actions. In fact, it'll have to perform negative actions, like harmful actions. Um, and so, uh, you know, just having, having vision of the board, having a, an awareness of the order of operations about, you know, if I do, you know, if I can suppress that unit, they won't shoot my other unit. And then this unit gets to move twice or just, you know, things like that, a hypothetical series of events in the game, which are then, um, condensed into what's called a line in strategy. So, so David, what are your thoughts on like if you have opportunity, let's say a particular hero, let's say Han, for instance, sure. right? Like you know he's going to cause some trouble, and you have opportunity to maybe suppress him out, or, you know, to where he's going to panic. Do you, where's the value, you know, marker in that when gauging value for suppression? Well, so there's a there's a couple of a couple of benchmarks here. One is you just want to your first benchmark is can I suppress him, right? And so if you're if you're looking at the board and you say, well, if Han gets a move, he's going to put multiple targets in range two. 
that's bad, right? Han's got that great range two pistol. And so you're saying, well, if I suppress him, he doesn't get two actions to move shoot. So I'm going to put some effort into suppressing him. Um, if he's got a fair number of suppression tokens on him already, like say three plus, um, he's courage two. You know, you're going to look for commanders nearby that are boosting his courage to three. Luke is, you know, one, you're very familiar with flyboys. Um, yeah. But you're going to look to see what his total courage is, you know, whether that's two or whether that's three or whatever. And you're going to do a little bit of math. Hopefully you've memorized some of these things beforehand using Kyle's suppression tables because he's got, he's got tables for you that let you know what the chances are of a unit keeping its suppression token uh, after it rallies. Um, and you say, okay, well, if I can panic him, that's probably good. But you do have to look at the end result of what that what that is. You have to sort of weigh it against the cost of all other potential actions. But generally speaking, it's pretty good to panic something like Han, just because he's such a, a good unit. And he's also like a cornerstone of your opponent's list. You know, he's a hero. He's got a bunch of command cards. He does a heck of a lot of damage if he's left untouched. So you just have to sort of think about the relationship between the hero that you're targeting and what he could do if you leave him alone. But if he's not suppressed, get him suppressed because he doesn't have keywords like charge or relentless. And he doesn't have abilities like force reflexes where he can just take actions anyway. You know, he's a hero that needs yeah. all his stuff. And I feel like, too, uh, there's kind of two different strategies, right? So there's the immediate need of suppression. Like, I need to suppress this unit now so that they only have the one action. But then I think there's like a three-round kind of suppression strategy that's going, okay, I know this is going to be a big deal. Round Maybe round two for intercept the transmissions. Or maybe round, you know, going into round three, I know this is where this is going to kind of turn the tide and change things. So maybe I start laying suppression down on Han now, you know, like somebody that's good with that is Krennic, right? Yep. And just start like adding suppression now so that I can maybe just keep him bogged down for a few for a few rounds and then maybe panic him during round three or four. That's an extremely effective strategy against heroes like Han and even General Grievous with their limited courage value of two who don't have easy ways of dumping that suppression. Um, now, obviously, you can force your opponent to recover. Recovering is nice for your opponent because they can just dump their suppression, but it slows them down because not only did you steal an action by suppressing them, now that now it's gotten so bad that they have to waste their whole activation getting rid of your suppression. So recovering just for suppression is super negative. Uh, generally speaking, unless there's some other like exhausted upgrade they're trying to get back. Um, well, and I like that you said that because I know uh, recently we had a tournament or something and somebody had done that where they got a bunch of suppression on somebody and they, they weren't panicked, but they were definitely suppressed and they just recovered. And they were like, oh, and I was like, no, man, like that's really good. Like don't don't sigh and discuss like you just ate up their entire t- yeah. turn that round so they, they might that as, was that was great they might as well have been panicked <laughs> you know, yeah. because they didn't get any actions right yeah um so while we're talking about han and grievous um as far as like if you're using han and grievous uh, there's some really important ways even though they don't have any sort of 
have a low courage and they don't have any natural suppression removal tools. Um, two tools that they can utilize, both of them, are strict orders and endurance. Mm -hmm. um, both of which, I think, if you're taking Grievous, um, you know, and you've uh, obviously um, separatists have very cheap core units in the B1s, you're going to have the points where you can take both strict orders and Grievous. I'm sorry, both strict orders and endurance on Grievous. Mm -hmm. um, and that means not only are you picking up two suppression a turn in the end phase, um, which means that you know suppression from turn to turn is going to be hard to stick, but you're also, uh, you know, Grievous usually has a face-up order token because um, he's your commander. So uh, you're usually picking up a suppression off him also when he activates with strict orders. Um, which means that your opponent needs three suppression on him at a given time to make sure that uh, to even have a chance of him losing an action. Yeah, it's an eleven point um, investment ultimately, so it's a, a really cheap one right. when you think about what it can give right, you. For, right, because he's your centerpiece. Right, right? it's like insurance um, in a sense. You're taking out insurance on this two hundred point unit, you know, to make sure it works. <laughs> Right, and especially in his case with Separatists where they can give an order to every unit in their army, basically. Um, you know, droids are not affected themselves by suppression as far as being suppressed is concerned, but they do still have to worry about panic. Yes. Um, and it's not uncommon for Grievous to be near the end of the game out of command range of some of your B1s because he's potentially, you know, doing the Luke thing where he kind of plows into your opponent's lines. Um, so you might have a situation where two courage on a B1 is a problem. Um, and if you're running strict orders and you're coordinating to those B1s, you're going to be able to pick up that suppression, you know, because they're going to have a face-up order token. It's basically like slapping Return of the Jedi on all of your commanders. Yeah, Grievous is also a commander that likes to run ahead, I think, just because he's a melee character at heart. Like, that's his strongest position. And plus, he needs to right. run ahead because his one pip is, you know, that area of effect attack. So he wants to dive right into the heart of the enemy army and just unleash that one pep on them. Um, and so he's, he is going to run away from the main body of your force and his courage level may be pushed up to the point where panic becomes a threat in the backfield. So strict orders is definitely a great thing. Um, I think it just gets his value just being put on him, but you are going to get value in those other areas like Kyle mentioned. Yep. And then on Han, um, endurance is a great upgrade just because he doesn't have a lot of natural other upgrades for training choices like you don't need to give him hunter because he's thrown two red dice yeah hunter's a waste um, you know uh so endurance is a great candidate for him um you know tenacity sometimes he rolls well so, <laughs> sometimes and suppression is is uh his biggest weakness um besides pierce weapons and, be and anyway, being in melee so, yeah right um so, you know, it's a it's a cheap six-point way to mitigate that. Um, Sabine is another great target for endurance for the same reasons. Uh, she needs all of her actions. She doesn't have charge or relentless or, you know, ways to cheat on actions, essentially. Um, so she needs both actions every turn, and uh, you can you can make it unproductive for your, for your opponent yeah. to try and pile suppression. With she's her. also just, she's also got Symbol of Rebellion, which is like one of the best cards for handling suppression in the game it's just a free recover when she when she activates so you can actually hold right. on to it until late in the turn and just free yourself i think i saw someone clear like seven suppression off her with symbol once it was like that's just that's brilliant man like such value oh yeah it's a value yeah. you can do the same trick with imperial discipline with uh 
Imperials. Yep. That speaks um, to having a method of handling so, it in your army. Yep. yep. Um, one last thing to mention with suppression is to not forget, because sometimes it's important that it gives your opponent cover. Yes, <laughs> don't forget that. <laughs> um, this is relevant in situations where you intend to shoot a unit multiple times. Um, maybe you have like, you know, say you have like a Z6 squad and a sniper that are both lined up to shoot a unit. That's an open or light cover. Um, well, let's just say the, the open because if you you know if you shoot that unit with the sniper first, you're going to give cover to from the Z6. Ah, uh, okay. Right? Um, but in that instance, if you shoot them with the Z6 first, uh, the sniper has sharpshooter one. They're going to ignore that suppression token for cover purposes. So, you know, same with situations like this is super common with Sabine, like on her explosions turn. Suppose you you're in a position to gunsling or something and also blow it up with bombs. You want to do the gunslinger first if they don't already have suppression tokens because the bombs are going to give it, um, you know, suppression cover from your gunslinger. Yep. So Because bombs have blast and ignore it. Correct. Basically, right. So shoot it, shoot it first and then, and then blow it up. Right. So blast. the general idea, right, is shoot, shoot those units which, which uh, don't ignore cover first. Then shoot the units that have right. tools to ignore it. Correct. There's only one case where I think the reverse might be true, and that's sniping something that's already in light cover, just because snipers have a low dice pool, um, and it's possible, especially with rebels, that that white die lags behind. I think it's worth getting that one hit through on Pierce just to guarantee the wound. But that's the only that's the only like edge case where this order might be reversed for benefit. But otherwise, shoot your normal guys first, then shoot the things that ignore cover. How do you feel? Do you feel like that's good for suppression? Oh, I think that was a lot of information, man. Um, I'm just going to recommend people read that article I wrote because it's got a lot of the fundamentals. And actually, um, I mean, it is a one-on-one. The next um, one-on-one article that I'm going to be producing is you know it's it's related it's a little bit tied into that first one it's about how to count um counting is a really important skill in legion one uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> one action uh, uh, uh. You know, it's really important to, to learn to count in legion and uh we're gonna we're gonna learn how to count um actions and potential actions together as well as pips and Probably there's something. There's a third thing I did. Oh, counting activations. Duh. Okay. Love it. And that's all at thefifthtrooper.com. Um, so, like, if you're playing in an important game and your opponent still has like five units left to go, you should not go with Luke and engage an unactivated core unit near those five units. Bravo. Is that what you're saying? Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You know, speaking of that, I think we can move on into competitive and tactics now. Get ready for advanced tactics. So competitive tactics. We're going to be talking about using some of the new upgrades that are in the Clone Wars core set and potentially the upcoming unit uh expansions for legacy units 
Who wants to start? Which one of you competitive tacticians would love to start here? Uh, let's start with link target Perfect. array. So, so there are um, there are five upgrades we're going to talk about in here, um, and we'll just list them off here real quick. Link targeting array, aggressive tactics, electro binoculars, smoke grenades, and force guidance. Um, these are all upgrades from the Clone Wars core set that can be helpful to rebels and Imperials. Um, and let's talk about how. So link targeting array. Uh, this is uh, only on a vehicle or an emplacement. But when they get a face-up order token, they get a free aim token. And it's what, five points? Five points takes a, a comm slot. So you can't run an uplink and this unless you have two of those. But still pretty good. Um, it only... You said it was only on only on emplacements and vehicles, correct? Okay. Correct. Yep. So it's really meant for uh, ATRTs, tanks, speeder bikes, e-webs, uh, e-webs, yes, e-webs. Yeah. So usually, you know, it's it's nice insofar as vehicles, especially, and to some degree, emplacements are units that you both want to have orders on, and based on how you set up your list, it's you're usually prioritizing them for orders anyway. Like if you're running one or more tanks, that means the tanks are the focus of your list and you're probably running them with veers and he's going to be giving them orders um, because you want your orders on your most important pieces and vehicles are likely to be that. You know, if you're running an ATST, that ATST is going to be your focus piece. So you're going to want to give it orders anyway. Um, so you're essentially paying five points for a free aim token every turn, which is pretty amazing. I mean, it gets really crazy when you consider that a lot of these vehicles, especially the Imperial vehicles, have ranged four weapons attached to them. So, you know, if you're already in range, you put an order on the tank and then you aim shoot. That's two aims. And then you put Veers behind that. Veers giving an aim with spotter. So now you have three aim tokens stacked onto your vehicle. Um, you're probably going to do some damage. Like the number one complaint, I think, <laughs> of vehicle users was that they would they would get to a position, roll their attack pool, and then come up with like nothing because they had to spend time getting into position and they couldn't shoot with an aim. But this like completely mitigates that. You're gonna have an aim wherever you go, as long as you have an order on you for five points. I mean that's excellent that automatically boosts the output of whatever vehicle you're taking it on. And then you pay like 10 more points for the hammers pilot. If you're an Imperial, um, you know, you're sitting pretty, if you're like a tank with a rifle pencil, that's like eight dice at range four with three aims behind it with, <laughs> with hit yeah. surge. So you're, you're feeling pretty right. good about that attack pool. So for me, and I know uh, Kyle is not a fan of eWebs, but I am a huge fan of eWebs. And when I saw when I saw Link Targeting Array, the thing I was thinking about was I, I used to run this PELP eWebs list, and I was just thinking about how good that would be with that, like being able to give them the order, the aim, they could move standby, or PELP could pull the strings. I mean, there's so many things that you could do with an eWeb now. Oh, man. Like that's, that's pretty exciting for me or, or, you know, give them the order, pull the strings, they'll have the aim. So then they can either shoot or move up and then they, they're that much closer for their next round 
for their activation to then move and attack with the aim or aim and attack, depending on where you are. So it's just Maybe the same guys. Well, yeah, it just opens ahead. up like you were saying with the tanks, right? Like there's just so many more options now. Right. And, and it also solves the major dilemma of tanks, which is you're taking this unit, not necessarily to capture objectives, but just to be a, a huge beat stick. And it's going to fulfill that function even more, more, um, uh, even more well than it did previously because it's got all this ability to fix its dice. Little tangent, but because you said that with the tanks, do you think that there is a point where, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but tabling your opponent is a, is a realistic move or goal instead of playing to the objectives? Yes, because there is a mistaken belief that killing your opponent's units is not playing the objectives. Uh, right. I think I don't think it's realistic to expect to actually table your opponent. Um, that's super rare in a like a competitive Legion game. But I think it's realistic to want to kill as many of your opponent's units as possible because ultimately most objectives are about counting unit leaders with the exception of recover in one fashion or another. Oh, unit leader. Um, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> <yep>. uh, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, if you can kill units, like you are playing the mission, if you're playing intercept or key positions. Right. You control as, um, as a certain, a certain gentleman once told me at Adepticon, I get ahead on attrition to control the flow of the game. And that is, that is, yeah. um, that's why you bring this big old punch and tank because you're trying to, blow up a couple of your opponent's units before they get too far. For those of you that are wondering what that noise was, David just punched his screen when he said tank. <laughs> yeah. He got very aggressive. He, he's thinking about fielding those tanks, I think. I can feel him turning to the dark I'm just, side. I'm, just, I'm very passionate about this game, Joe. <laughs> and tanks. <laughs> and tanks. Specifically. And tanks. Who doesn't like tanks? I mean, if you hate tanks, I but think you... Life. I think you hate Star Wars, right? Yeah. I mean, dot, dot, dot. Anywho, so aggressive tactics. <laughs> All right. Speaking of aggression. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to yeah. aggressive tactics. Hi. So aggressive tactics is a 10 point command upgrade. And the gist of this upgrade, I don't have the text in front of me, but the gist of it is if the uh, unit with this upgrade is the nominated commander, you can put four, up to four surge tokens on units with face-up order tokens. So if you have, you know, let's say you have General Grievous, right? This is the seminal example. General Grievous gives an order. He plays push. He gives an order to himself and an order to his B1 dudes. And all the B1s, you know, propagate the order through their army due to coordinate droid trooper. Now you have your choice because you nominated Grievous as your commander. Grievous has aggressive tactics. You now have your choice to put four surge tokens, one up to you know one surge token on up to four of these units. So you're probably going to give you know a surge token to Grievous, and then three surge tokens to the units that are most likely to shoot because 
droids need the help on offense way before they need the help on defense, generally speaking, because their save is so bad and they have a hard time getting cover. But well, and they're yeah. only six points, so like, if right, like who one, cares? Like whatever. So you want to do the extra hit because that extra hit's more valuable. Usually, you have to use. You know, speaking of counting, use your judgment. You know, if you're going to convert a surge, they're just going to get gobbled up by cover. Why spend it? Um. Well, and the other thing too, just real quick with surge tokens mm-hmm. generally, is uh, you know, what's the expression? A bird in the hand is worth two in the yes. bush. Um. Like if you have a situation where you give a surge token to a B1 unit and before they get a chance to shoot, they get shot and then you roll a surge on the save, just spend the surge yeah. token. Um, because there's no guarantee that you're even going to yeah. roll a surge on their attack. Exactly. So same goes for like like shore troopers. You know, if you're giving an order to shores and they get shot. Um, same, goes for, same goes for medic <laughs> charges. Just spend it. Right. If that unit's about to get blown up, just spend the damn thing. You know, get yeah. it out of your hand. Right. But how does this apply um, to Clone Wars so or yeah, non-Clone Wars uh, units, I guess, is the question, though, we're trying to answer. So I think um, it is much better, generally speaking, for Empire than Rebels, just because Rebels have so many units already that natively surge. Um. Z6s could use the help on offense, but like you're never wanting to give orders. Yeah, literally the only turn I could see giving orders to Z6s is like covering fire. And that's like once a game, if ever. Right. So you're probably not taking this upgrade with Rebels. Um, I actually can't think of a build off the top of my head where you'd really want it. Which is. Sorry about the barbecue. Um, yeah, giving, I mean, you're giving the ATRTs surge on, yeah. on defense. Um, That's moderately so scary. I can see that. Moderately. Um, but also, points are so tight in that list. I don't know if, you know, 10 points to give your RTs defensive surges. I mean, and it it's not tight. just taking Astromech. Um, but that's, <laughs> right. Yeah, Astromech. Yeah, eight, they do, they're, know, they're, they're too high. So, and, you know. <laughs> But, you know, that's interesting. I actually, I love the sorry about the barbecue list, so I'm going to have to play mm-hmm. around with that a little bit. Um, it's on the entrance turn, that, right? Because that's when you pop all your uplinks. Well, I mean, most turns, you know, Han is, at least in that list, Han is your only commander. So pretty much every turn, you're going to be able to give search tokens mm-hmm. to ATRT. Help keep them alive longer. Except for, right. Except for reckless diversion. Yeah. Um, but uh, unless you pop your uplinks on that turn. But anyway, um, yeah, aside from that example, I think this is a lot more useful mm-hmm. for Empire. Um, like, short troopers benefit in both directions from it. Yeah, they have no um, native surge. Right, they're probably the best candidate for it. Um, even regular stormtroopers, like, surge on defense is, is not terrible. You know, it's pretty good. Um, now, again, they have the same problem as rebel troopers, which is that it's tough to get them orders, and you don't generally want to do that, except on your... You know, if you're using coordinated fire, um, but I think short troopers are like if if you've got a build that centers around short troopers, they're a great candidate for it. Um, IRG, you know, they don't surge in either direction, and obviously they can guardian. So like, <laughs> basically, you're giving your guardian unit death trooper saves. Seems good, man. Uh, <laughs> good. Basically, yeah. like uh, I have a uh-huh. I have a you know 66 percent chance now to to negate this damage on on one result, which is pretty good. Yep. Um, snipers, the Imperial snipers, 
who you often are giving orders to. Oh god, they would love to have this ability to surge. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about essentially. Yeah, every time a roll hits surge, now becomes a hit Um, through cover. Oh man, that's rough. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think this is I think this is great for like viewers or chronic lists that are built around short troopers, and also for just about any Palpatine list. Yeah, I love the idea of Palpatine with with this card. Just the fact that guards are, you know, they're already really good and Palpatine just makes him even better. And now Palpatine's like the king of making them even better because he's got not just the double tap, he's also got the surge token now. And it's cheaper than it's cheaper than force guidance. And it's also um, you're always going to have the face up because of the entourage. <laughs> so even when you play given to your anger, you can put a surge token on this guard. Yep. And if you're running, um, you know, if you can afford to fit like a shore and a mortar in there, even just one, uh, you know, you get the free order from Entourage, obviously you want to give an order to Palpatine, but that means like, even if you don't uplink those shores on your push turn, on your assault turn, um, and on your entire Legion turn, they're getting an order, you know, and they're getting a name token from their unit ability and then aggressive tactics. So, um, it's also great for that, you know, a common tactic that uh, Eric Reha loves is to play entire Legion on first turn and get full control over all three of your snipers and Palpatine. And then essentially you have like, you know, four snipers between the three snipers and pull the strings that you can have go immediately back to back to back to back. With surges now. Um, and now they have surges. So. <laughs> that is so dirty. Um, yeah, if your opponent has any exposed units, yeah. uh, good luck with that. Good night. Um, so yeah, I really like aggressive tactics on Palpatine. Well then to, to segue that um, a little bit, adding force guidance on too. Yeah, you could do right. six surges so, if you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so one of the reasons, so points are yeah. tight in a Palpatine list. Um, you know, I've been trying to put together some lists cause I've been on a little bit of a palp kick, <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, put together some post Nova cop lists with these upgrades and with shores. Um, points are definitely tight, but you know, these are both great upgrades on Palp. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't really get a lot of use out of his force slots except for anger typically, because he's rarely close enough to use force push or choke. Um, and he's already, he already has a natural surge, def- um, defensive save. So reflexes, although free dodge every turn is nice is not worth 15 points. Um, so, you know, Guidance actually, besides being relatively affordable at 10 points, gives him something to do with his Master of the Force ability every turn. Uh, because he's usually in the middle of your army, you know, who's where you want to give the Surge tokens. Um, and you field him with a lot of units that need them, like Snipers and IRG. So um, I really like Force Guidance on him. I think if you can only take one, you're probably still taking Aggressive Tactics, because that happens at the beginning of the turn for free. Um but definitely if you can fit in the 10 points, you know, besides anger, I think force guidance is easily his second best force. Yeah, man, I, I'm just, I'm still like fixated on AT with in the Luth entire Legion because man, that is one kick ass first turn. Not only do you get to delay with yep. your snipers back to back, they have surges and you're going to kill stuff. Like you'd have to roll pretty bad not to kill stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. 
All right, so let's talk about electro binoculars. Veers with spotter three <laughs> seems seems good, but yeah. even better, a fifty-eight point imperial officer with spotter two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, this is another upgrade that's probably a lot better for Empire than for Rebels, um, because it does it stacks with the existing spotter. And there, at the moment, there aren't any rebel units with spotter. Um, but yeah, you can increase Veer's spotter effectiveness by fifty percent, or double it on an officer, essentially. Wait. So, I think was it Beefcake that was running like yes, two officers each with electro binoculars? He was, and I called that list four. four eyes, but someone pointed out to me it's actually eight, so it doesn't actually work. <laughs> um, Not everything has to work, man. Something yeah, sometimes just the brand sticks, you know. That's true. That's true. So it's it's two it's two officers with electro. It's Bosk. It's a heck of a lot of DLT storms and a heck of a lot of snipers and just a ton of aims being passed around. And uh, Inspire two as well. So I mean, it, it's got some advantages over Veers. Like you know, it's got two command bubbles, for example. Um, the trouble is that officers are so fragile. And they're easily bountied. Easier to bounty than Veers by a fair bit, actually. So, and, right, they don't have their own command, command cards, cards natively, so you lose out on max firepower, discipline, all that hey, stuff. You know where I, but maybe you, you know where I think it helps though is bringing, if you did like a modified middle management with Bosk, and you did an Imperial officer with the binoculars instead of Veers, and then you have Krennic and Bosk. That that would actually be really good. <laughs> that could be pretty sweet. Or you take Krennic with the binos. Yep. So yeah, I think you just give him the Krennic. Yeah, so now when Krennic activates, he has something to do other than just move. Yeah, he's he often spends most of his time just pissing on a wall anyway. So Yeah, so if he's babysitting <laughs> the Death Troopers with an aim token, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, because Death Troopers both really need and really benefit from aim tokens. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're firing at range four, you know, you're not going to be able to take the aim action every turn because you got to recover. But yeah. if you got your, your boy Krennic there just feeding them aims every turn, um, I think that's a great upgrade in a, in a Krennic. Yeah, it lets your death troopers take aim shots while recovering, which is pretty yep. dope. Yep. Like this idea that like you're investing a hundred and some odd points into a unit. Again, it's like protecting your investment, right? Because you're you're gonna make the shot, and if your shot doesn't work, you know what the f am I doing with this hundred plus point unit? I should just take more stormtroopers. Well, and <laughs> with know? that, like you're also looking at a deploy the garrison turn with potentially three aim tokens. Yep, because Krennic yeah. can just pass, and they have one from ready, and then they can aim themselves. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Oh man, I want oh shoot. I want you to do that with the with the short range config. Oh my god, yeah. Oh yeah. Walk in with the short range config and re-roll twelve <laughs> dice. <laughs> with, with three aims. Oh man. <laughs> Woo! Spicy. Oh, so good. <laughs> that's what well, you, that's what three red, nine white. It's something ridiculous. Well, and you can do that now with um Hunter. If you give him Hunter, no, which you should, yes. which you should be giving him. Yeah, you should. You should be taking Hunter for Tauntauns. Holy crap! Is, that's a lot of good which stuff. Is, which is why that deploy the garrison card is so good against Tauntauns because you get a name from that, 
um, you know, there's a good chance the Tauntauns are wounded, so you're going to get that second aim from Hunter. If you can get that range two shot, you know, and take an aim action, yeah, like you said, that's you're throwing 11 dice, and each aim rerolls four of them. So, so you're probably going to get <laughs> a few more hits. <laughs> yeah, I was actually doing the math in my head earlier for this because I was thinking about Krennic Bosk as a Tauntaun counter. And yeah, you're going to get probably like nine hits with that pool. So you could even you could even play some other games too if you if you uh, on the Death Troopers, right? If we were to put uh, the comms relay on them with aggressive tactics, you could hand the comm off to like let's say a sniper. You know what I mean? And so now you're able to start handing out surge. I mean, you could do. There's so many how about, combos. How about short troopers? They, yeah. they have target one, so oh, they yeah. get a free aim when you give them an order. So comms relay that aim to the shores. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yep. man, that's rough. <laughs> and then if you if you set up, so we talked in our coordinate episode, we talked about setting up like a coordinate chain with shores where you give um, comms relay to the mortars also, and you use multiple shores. So you know, shore number one um, gets an order from the entourage comms relay, gives an order to mortar number one, which passes that order to shore number two. Which gives it to mortar number two, which passes that order to shore number three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's that's an expensive combo. Like shores are not super cheap, right. um, but the shore mortar combo, uh, if you're not getting any buying any upgrades or anything on the shores, is I think 16 points cheaper than two DLTs. So, I like the shores eweb too. Eweb, Kyle, it's a good one. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'll, don't worry kyle i'm gonna put together a real good e-web list okay no e-webs are great you got sentinel now you got crit surge like who cares about agile man i'm rolling four crits get wrecked <laughs> you know like come on well and that barrage generator you know tauntauns hate suppression of course so. yeah they hate it Ooh, e-webs making a comeback uh all right anyways moving on smoke grenades that's our last one uh these are okay i guess they're good grenades they're good for they're well i was gonna say they're good for battle droids except battle droids can't take grenades yep. <laughs> so it's like well what's the what's the heckin point if they can't do that so for people that don't know there's six points uh you when you toss it you add smoke one which is place a smoke token within range one and in line of sight of your unit leader and then smoke tokens, basically every mini in a unit must be entirely within range one of a smoke token to benefit from its effect. But they improve cover, right? They don't say light cover, yep. they improve your cover. So if you're standing Correct. in a light forest and you can you can spend an action to pop smoke and you'll get heavy, which is nice, right? But you have to spend an action to do it. Yep. Well, and, and if you're firing out of it, you're giving your opponent the same cover. Yes. Um, so... I could see this, like if you're taking the problem is the units that this are use this is useful on are not at the moment terribly competitive. Like if you're taking full commando units, this would be good because they get low profile, right? Right, and they're sharpshooter so one. Smoke in front of them, right? And they're sharpshooter one. Right. Um, but uh, you know, uh, it's six points. It costs an action. Um, I don't know. I could see this being useful on tables that don't have a lot of terrain. But I feel like generally it's better to just save the six points than use the terrain on the yeah. table. 
like I guess you could do something silly like pop it in front of your snipers so then maybe your snipers could get some better angles and getting people out of cover and then you know what I mean then it would be cover one but reduced and then the snipers would have cover two because so I mean yeah Yeah. another unit they're good on is full scouts same thing right but I think you're typically like not having trouble finding good cover for your snipers right. anyway. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, right. And it's just a, a waste of activations for whoever's dumping the grenades, right? So. Right. Pretty much. Yeah, it's just interesting. Just interesting things you can do. I'm, I'm sure like with a lot of these, like we're thinking of these, but there's always somebody that comes along with some other crazy idea, right? That everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My thought would be to take a naked squad and just put smokes on them, and then they they're like the smoke battalion or whatever. They just walk <laughs> around smoking uh, whatever they, needs to be smoked. <laughs> I don't know. They're my favorite battalion. Can you please please play a battalion? <laughs> please just play that list. I want to see it. <laughs> just smoking whatever that needs to be smoked around on this battlefield. <laughs> yeah. Smoke break. <laughs> yep. Smoke break. What is this? A union chop? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. I do think, like, if you're using this, you, you got to bring some cotton to your table because, you know, oh, you yeah. can't throw a little token down there. Yeah. And... You got to bring the full, full uh, 3D, you know, fully crafted yeah. uh, tabletop solution. Right. That's what that's what cotton is was made for. Yeah. 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 Don't get it twisted. <laughs> That's what it was made for. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I think it's about time we move into exploration. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go exploring with Notorious Scoundrels. All right. Welcome to Notorious Scoundrels Go Exploring. Tell us, Kyle, what would you like to explore today? I would like to explore a very old man. Uh, good. <laughs> good. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> did it? It did. I did want to explore a very old man. <laughs> and, and so I did on Friday night. I explored a very old man. Um <laughs> We're speechless. <laughs> and uh, and and let me let me tell you, he, he pushed all the right buttons in all the right places. Notorious um. <laughs> scoundrels after dark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that old man is is Emperor Palpatine, um, Chief Palpatine. Uh, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, seriously, so I played. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, he is. So we talked about this a little bit last week or maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> He's a good counter to aggressive rebel units, specifically Tauntauns, Luke and Sabine. Um, between the guard, you know, that you can double tap with pull the strings and um, give into your anger and just his lightning. Um, you know, he does a good job of dealing with all of those things. Um, 
Riha also R1 uh, also demonstrated that he can hold his own against traditional efficiency gun lines and played correctly. Because um, R1's, R1's a god, that's why. He's he's he is the Palpatine master. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, <laughs> I actually consulted him for advice on what to run and how to do it. Um, and yeah, I played uh, so I played Casey Garnanana on Friday night um, with Palpatine. He played uh, like a double bounty hybrid thing. Um, it went pretty well. <laughs> I was okay. I was pleasantly. It was it was one of those things where like it's a combination of like everything going your way. And then also the dice being hot and you start like apologizing because it's, you're just rolling rocks. The avalanche is burying yeah. him. And you're just like helpless. Yeah, it was looking on. Yeah. And, and so Casey is, is a great opponent. He's, um, he's, um, very mechanically sound, um, you know, punishes mistakes and makes very few. So it was, it was a, it was a tight game up until Palpatine roasted everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tight game until I kicked his ass. Yeah. Well, you know, so like Palpatine has this ability to take either like a close game or like a losing situation, and just in the space of one activation, turn it into like oh, this guy yeah, just, just buries, <laughs> just buries your opponent unmercifully. Yeah, so it was one of those like dream Palpatine <laughs> scenarios where where you manage to get the guard in melee, like on the last activation of the previous turn, and then you play it, and now you will die. Um, fry like three to four units, and then pull the strings on the guard, <laughs> and then double tap with them and kill like two more things. You play like you play um, given to your anger, cackle maniacally, and then next round throw down as a one pip, and like the ground opens beneath your opponent, like swallows them up, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the classic R one, yeah, right? Exactly, um, and that's that's exactly what he did against me at Worlds. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a given to your anger, uh, delete a unit or two, followed by and I will die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a it's a great like one two punch. Now, you know, the catch with Palpatine is if you mess that up, um, you know, at least with the list that R one runs and that I was running because it was very similar to his. You've only got three DLTs in that list. And then you also have snows, but like you have your threats are all very close. Oh, yeah. right? Like you've got guard, your primary threats are guard snows and Palpatine mm-hmm. himself. Um, so if you cannot reach your opponent or you get a situation where you take that one, two swing and you miss, um, you know, you've only got three stormtroopers, <laughs> basically. Uh, so you are not going to win a gunfight. No. Um, so it's definitely like a little bit of an all in, uh, you know, um, somewhat aggressive list, but it was really fun. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to mess around with him a little more. Uh, I think that he, he's well positioned actually in the current meta with Tauntauns running everywhere. Um, but that said, he's also very difficult to play. I think I got lucky, you know, it was a combination of getting lucky between the hot dice and positioning and stuff, um, at least on Friday. And I know that you need like, 10 or more games with Palpatine to really play him properly. So um, it seems very unlikely I'll get that before Nova, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't considering it. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just, just go for it, man. Like I bet people like, I'll, I'll just tell you this. Okay. So I, I, I played a Palpatine the other day and I literally forgot that given tear anger exists <laughs> and I died. God. Okay, because well, he's just so uncommon nowadays. Yeah. 
Well, and that's, that's the thing. There's a little bit, um, you know, you could see the same thing with Sabs where so few people play them. Now those players that do play them are extremely skilled at what they do, but like people don't have reps in against nope. Sabs and people don't have reps in against nope. Palpatine. So you kind of forget, um, even if you've played him before, like I made this comment, you know, when R1 kicked my butt at Worlds, um, he did the old, like, give into your anger, snow, double tap with pull the strings and deleted two rebel trooper units. And I was like, I legitimately forgot that snows could move that far uh, <laughs> because I haven't played against Palpatine and I haven't played against snows yep. recently. Um, so people will forget how threatening, you know, those one, two punches snows are. Snows move three times is pretty good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's actually really far. So, you know, you do it and you do a last first with them. Um, they can get across the map much quicker than you think. So, uh, yeah, it's you know you, you get a little bit of surprise factor. Um, so we'll see. It's uh, I, I'm I'm much more comfortable with almost any rebel list. Um, I will probably end up putting Luke Skywalker on the table again, like I always do. But don't uh, do we'll it. See. It's it's a good time. That's Tauntons surprising. Will eat you. What's that? <laughs> What's surprising, Jay? I thought. For- I thought for sure you would have gone with your Invader League list. What's that, Veers Bosk? Mm-hmm. So I've been going through a little bit of an identity crisis because the list that is my play style, which is like gun line efficiency, you know, that's essentially what I've been running some version of for the first year of the game, um, gets countered pretty hard by Tauntauns. Yeah. Uh, so as much as I am still considering that, um, and I know that it will do against any matchup, do well against any matchup that does not feature Tauntauns. Um, I also <laughs> am worried about that matchup. So if I can bring, you know, it's not an all comers list anymore. It was an all comers list for Invader League. It's not that anymore. Um, I'm pretty confident that I could, you know, do well against a lot of things that aren't the hot, the current hotness. But, um, you know. If, if we went to if Nova was a month ago, definitely I would be playing that. But I don't think we're I don't think we're in that place right now. So yeah, and I think I you know I asked this off off air, but doesn't it feel good now that you guys are talking about being scared of a rebel list? Well, I think there has for how long have we been talking about empire list being scary? Well, right? I think actually rebel lists have always been certain rebel lists have always been scary. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, there are, you know, we've talked about this before, there's less variety of units that are competitive for Rebels, um, but that doesn't mean that Rebels are bad. There's plenty of great Rebel units out there. Um, yeah. And I like the fact that we're talking about being scared of Rebel list because it also means um, potentially the end of the pure, uh, like, vanilla efficiency gun line. And I think that's great. You know, I think it's great that Tauntauns are shaking up the meta. I think it's great that Luke Sabine you know, are shaking it up, uh, maybe with a little bit less splash, but, um, Veers Bosk is also disadvantaged versus a Luke Sabine list. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's great that we're talking about scary rebel lists. I think it's great that we're talking about efficiency gun lines being disadvantaged against something. Um, I would have, you know, <laughs> liked more than a few weeks to prep for my play style being invalidated, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I, w- I want to say no, it's not know, invalid, uh, but ne- never mind. 
I mean, David, you've you've been casting a lot of team league games. You've seen. Oh my god! Yeah. Ones. Do you do you want to? Uh, I know. It's more <laughs> team, but I guess this is we can't escape it. You know, the Tana just pulls back in like a black hole. <laughs> well, they're 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 the reason that right, I'm well, there you go. Well. Yeah. Yeah, so Tauntauns versus Gunline is not a pretty picture. Um, I mentioned it earlier with Sabina, the triple dodge situation. Like, if you you have linebacker units that they just run away from or around, and they get in there, and if you roll four hits, it's going to go to six with Ram, and it's going to, like, knock something off the board, generally speaking. Um, Empire has a bit of an easier time because your saves can bail you out. Um, rebel saves are less likely to bail out or bail them out. So, I mean, it's still pretty bad. Like losing, you know, most of a squad to a Tauntaun charge is horrible, um, for anybody. Um, and without, you know, some ability to resist them in melee or some way to trap them in the approach, either with, you know, range four or some, ability to suppress them to limit their actions um you are dead meat if you let them touch your gun line so you need to have some kind of ability to deal with it and palpatine palpatine has your back bro because palpatine can use his lightning <laughs> in melee and palpatine has royal guards that can double tap and palpatine can give them all kinds of goodies now with Surge tokens and, you know, guards would love Tauntauns to approach because guards are awesome in melee. That's their favorite place to be is melee. Um, tenacious guards roll a crap load of dice and they'd love to be able to aim and charge and have a surge token to fix their dice further. So Palpatine, Palpatine is pretty good. Plus he surges crit and he's suppressive. Which is even better. Yeah, Tauntauns yeah. hate suppression. Um, so just to piggyback a little bit on the Tauntauns versus mm-hmm. Gunline discussion, besides like the raw damage that they do in melee with RAM, the reasons that, that there's such a problem for Gunline is A, your units tend to be relatively close together, or at least in a line. Yeah, right? clumped up somehow. Um, so they can typically suppress multiple units with their um, speed to remove and relentless uh, and displacement. Um, but also, they can kind of move, uh, like good Tauntaun players will essentially move from one already activated unit to another. Yep. Uh, you know, like if you're buried in melee, you just wait until a unit somewhere along that gun line has activated. And then you do a move, charge something that hasn't activated, and then do another move because you can disengage and um, tie yourself up with yep. that activated unit. And then they can't withdraw that unit. Um you know, if you don't have access to force push, there's no way to get that Tauntaun out to where you can shoot them. So you could try and punch them, I guess. But at that point, they have two, maybe three dodge tokens if you use No Time for Sorrows. So, like, how productive it's is not. that really going to be? Um, yeah, so that's that's why they tear up gun lines so effectively is because they're very good at putting themselves in positions where uh, their targets cannot withdraw and you can't shoot them. So... Um, you know, a list that is built around shooting things, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Um, which, like I said, I think that's I think that's fine. You know, I think 
uh, I think a quote unquote efficiency gun line, two characters, six core, five to six core, a couple snipers, maybe and special forces in there is still very effective, but I think they definitely have problems um, against Tauntauns. The key is to try to handle them before they so. hit your gun line. I think if you yep. if you wait until Which they is hit doable. you, it's too if, late. If yep. Now, you know, we talked earlier about Krennic Bosk. That is a list where it's very doable to hit them before Exceptionally. they hit your gun line. And you'll have Hunter DTs um, and Hunter Bosk, hopefully. Right. You have two two hard-hitting range 4 units that have Hunter and um, don't care as much about dodges either because they are crit machines like Bosk or because they they get so many hits that, you know, Death Trooper shot, you're going to get six or seven hits and two dodges. All right, you're still going to kill a Tauntaun. Yep. Um, so that is, that is I think, a example of a quote-unquote gun line list that still does okay against Tauntauns. Um, and that's why it's on my list of options at the moment. Uh, but, you know, generally speaking, like that's, that's a long way of answering your question, Jay, about why I'm not playing my Invader League list. No, I appreciate it. I think it's, it's just interesting. I mean, that's why we all love this game, right? Because it seems like every couple months yep. it changes. Yeah, which is great. Like, I'm super comfortable with that list, but uh, the yeah. meta isn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as and then as Clone Wars comes out, God knows what else is going to happen, right? So it's just going to keep getting yep. better and better. It's a new so. new puzzle to solve. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Yep. All right, boys. Well, what do you think? Wrapping it up. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Any any final thoughts? Oh, Tauntauns are really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how we didn't have Tauntauns anywhere in the show yeah, we this episode and we still talked about it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> you horned them in in every segment. Yep. No problems. Yep. So, uh, yeah, for those of you listening, uh, watch out for Tauntauns. They're a thing. Yeah. They are a thing. And uh, I'm super excited for Nova. Um, Rebels, please sign up for the narrative event. Hmm. Yes. And uh, don't, and players, your lists are due on Thursday, so don't forget that. All right. Well, let's sign off. I'm Jay. All right. I'm David. I'm Kyle. We are the Notorious Scoundrels. Do you want to do that one again? Do it one more time. <laughs> and we are the Notorious Scoundrels. There we go. Three times. Tons. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels. This has been a Fifth Trooper production. 